But you don't know me. Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to You Don't Know Me, a podcast about people you don't know. I'm your host, Veeps. And I'm your co-host, Groot. And I am Andy. <laughs> Welcome back, Andy. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me again. So this is your fourth time on uh, the show? Yeah, Third. technically. Third. Te- <laughs> technically fourth. There, uh, were, there was a recorded episode that never made it. <laughs> yeah, lost archive files. What? Got I thought it. it was still up. Oh, no, no. Yeah, it's you're right. Up. You were in yeah. the first episode, too. You were just Where like... Where it was just like a bunch of drunk people talking for an hour. Sounds about right. <laughs> We've come a long way uh, from day one. old days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now it's um, a lot of poop stories. <laughs> mm. We're a poop podcast now. Mm-hmm. About poop you don't know. We're poop the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Okay. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Yes. Um, so, Andy, you have a very specific story here that yes, you want to talk I do. about. Um, I, I, uh, I have a story uh, from when I was a child of the time that I went to uh, church camp in the summer for a week. Okay. And it was a really happy Chair's time. so loud. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm fidgety as, you know, you know, I'm, I'm just a fidgety person. Just a heads up. If you hear some creaking, it's the, these chairs. So yeah. apologies. Sorry. Advance. I'm a very fidgety person. <laughs> anyway. uh, but yeah, uh, I, I have a story about the time that I went to church camp for a week when I was about 10 years old. So mm. this would be 1999. Interesting. Yes. Okay. And so tell us a little bit more. We don't know too much about your experience okay. here. Right. Okay. So uh, a little background. I uh, grew up in a pretty religious family. Uh, I mean, it was, you know, church every Sunday. Mom was in the choir. Dad was a deacon. Uh, you know, went to Bible study on Wednesdays. The whole shebang. Like, I'd have to help out with making the food on Wednesdays, for Wednesday night mm-hmm. dinner, all that sort of stuff. So. Good little Southern boy. Good old, good old Southern boy in his <laughs> non-denominational church. Uh, mm-hmm. Love me some Jesus. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I would think church camp in the South and churches would be like. Yep, yeah. that's it's that, pretty, it's that pretty that, accurate. Yep. Love me some Jesus. Love me some that's Jesus. That's all it is. <laughs> JC, okay. Old, old JC, man. And okay. like awkward raps about Jesus and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, I've seen that before. I've seen those before. Mm-hmm. Um, and one year, my mom and dad decided it would be a great idea for me to go uh, to church camp for about a week. Uh, and I guess it was, a, I guess, just to get me out of the house. I actually don't know why they sent me. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because they're like, he's turning into a little atheist. We need to we need to straighten this boy out. Wrangle him back in into yeah. Jesus' arms. Also, I guess <laughs> they wanted me to make friends at church, but I didn't like any of the kids at church. So that was great. Uh, so I was sent uh in the summer and i think it was right before i entered the fifth grade mm-hmm. so so when you were in the fifth grade like what kind of things outside of church were mm-hmm. you into like i was really into you know playing video games and i'd already started watching more movies than was probably healthy for a child of that age uh i had a really big obsession with uh dinosaurs and uh, I had a really big obsession with like Gundam Wing and other animes that would appear on Cartoon Network. And I even remember during that church camp, uh, me and some of the kids pretending we were like Gundam Wing characters and running around in the woods and make believing yeah. we were in the mech suits and stuff. Was that allowed? I mean, I know some of my religious friends grew up in, I mean, I'm not going to say it's uh-huh. all across the board, but a lot of them are like, 
nothing. We could only watch like Veggie Tales uh-huh. and. <laughs> Well, you know, shit though. For the record, (laughs) Veggie Tales is hilarious. (laughs) It's smart, but my parents were were as loose and liberal with the content that I could watch as they were religious. So, so you could watch something like the Friday the Thirteenth series, and they'd be like, "Okay, sure, why not?" Yeah, they they probably uh, if they caught me seeing it, they'd probably uh, say, "You're not supposed to be watching that." But if they weren't around and I watched it, no one could stop me. Okay. Yeah. So fair enough. I did a lot of that. They never really kept tabs on the kind of stuff I was watching, so they probably wouldn't have let me watch stuff like Gundam Wing and Dragon Ball. If they were really paying attention. Yeah, if they were really paying attention. But they're like, he just loves those Japanese cartoons so much. I don't know why my parents are 80. Yeah. That's weird. (laughs) They had you when they were 70, I think is what? Yeah, so they would have been about... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) After the Great War, my parents... There are some things I don't agree with with that, I think... Well, if your mom remember, has a miracle uterus, is what I'm at. Well, if Anyways. you remember the old fables of the Old Testament, that one lady was like 90 and had kids with Abraham or something. So okay, so back to the church camp. All right, so uh, 10 years old, 1999, in the summer of 99, uh, and I was there from like I think it was uh, probably a Monday to a Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, and it was normal. I mean, nothing crazy was happening during the week. You know, we would do Bible study during the day and, uh, we'd run around, we played capture the flag and, you know, it was, it was sort of this very large compound where there were these two big cabins in the back where all the kids, uh, slept and had their sleeping bags. And then there was another compound down, uh, down a hill where there was, uh, uh, like a, cafeteria and a chapel and a meeting yeah. place and they had like carpet ball and horseshoes i mean it was just what is, a, what is, what carpet, is carpet ball, ball? carpet ball is what is that never heard of car- it's those uh do you have like a ball of carpet it's and you like just those, throw it those really have you ever seen those really long uh carpet okay so it was it were these long tables with carpet on top of them and then little inlets at each end and you had these balls and you'd roll them back and forth and i guess try to knock the other the opponent's balls into so it's like like billiards gone wrong sort of you know what it might have have like the little disc and you like scoot them across the board it it was kind of like shuffleboard but on a carpet and i guess because it's safe i don't it's maybe maybe someone was like, right. "Hey, I've got a bunch of wood." And Note to self: What yeah. is carpet ball? Yeah. Anyways, that's what I'm calling. And it. like you, you also said that it was a compound, not like a cabin camp. Like when it, I think if, of camp, I think of like cozy cottages and like right. fireplaces and like. No, nah, it felt more like a compound because okay, there were just clarifying there were <laughs> compound. We were in a cult. Uh, yeah, there were there were the cabins up where the kids would stay, and then you had. You know, a pool, a tennis court, and oh, then so you it's had, pretty normal. Yeah, like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah just you the know, it was a normal was place, but it, you know, the the cabins were far removed from the cafeteria. In order to mm-hmm. get to them, you had to basically go through this giant path up through the woods uh, to get to the cabins. So that seems like a setting for a horror movie. But it, okay. A little bit. Um, a <laughs> like little the bit. cabins are just far removed. Yeah, from they they really were. They, they, can't they hear felt your very. Yes. <laughs> what? They, they can't hear your screams. <laughs> They're muffled by the lining of the trees. Uh, yeah, the, the the cabins were very isolated from the rest of everything else. Uh-huh. Um, and throughout the week, the kids, I remember every time we would sit down at the cafeteria for dinner or something, one of the kids would always want to start 
talking about some sort of scary story, like retailing the old urban legends. Uh, one I remember is uh, the guy, like he's asleep in his bed and he hears like a knocking or something and uh, he like looks out his window and doesn't see anything, but it gets closer and closer and closer until it's at his door. And then, you know, the, the big crescendo, the, the ah! part is where he like opens the door and there's just like a floating head going, I'm spooky. Uh, that's an urban legend. I'm confused. Yeah, that's something that was I'm told to you. That was. I'm more familiar with that's like a direct quote. There's a hook I'm on like spooky. the car handle, and then like the lovers look in the back seat, yeah, and then they know, get stabbed in the like face. A, not like ah, the kids would tell it. Not like old man Jenkins. Like oh gosh, I'm here. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have any special? I'm trying to make an apple play. Uh, no. That's not an no. urban legend, but uh, maybe. Your community. Maybe. I don't... Who are we to judge? Yeah. It, look, they were very sheltered. Okay. That was probably the best they could come up with. <laughs> uh, but uh, the Blair Witch Project had also uh, recently come out around that time. Oh, no. I know where this is going. So all the kids were kind of obsessed with it, you know, because it was yeah. very spooky. Uh, and they would whisper about how, like, oh, it's got to be real. And, you know, did you hear that they found the bodies? And, you know, they're totally just making shit up. But it was scaring the crap out of everybody at the table. Yeah. And uh, after about three or four days of, of hearing that stuff in the evening, I was pretty much ready to go home. I was starting to feel really homesick. Uh, and they were watching some sort of dumb uh, Christian cartoon movie at night in the cafeteria. Uh, and I remember feeling almost sick to my stomach because I just wanted to leave so bad. I was, I was just ready to go. Yeah. What day of camp was this? This was the last night of camp. So this was Saturday. This was Saturday night, and I was I was dying to go home, and I I basically just went up to one of the counselors that were with us and said, "I'm gonna go back to the cabin and just lay down because I'm done with all this. I I, I don't want to be around here. I just kind of want to fast forward to the next yeah. day where I can go home." So I uh, took my ten year old ass and walked up that creepy dark pathway and again the setting of a horror movie these are like the first like yeah if, has, if you guys can just picture in your head for a second the 10 year old version of this would definitely <laughs> be the setting for a horror movie if you can just picture camp crystal lake and instead of all of the youth counselors uh trying to fuck each other they're all trying to convert us to christ instead it's same essentially thing, really. the same thing yeah. <laughs> right anyway so i i walk up there and i get in my sleeping bag which uh i remember this it was an Aladdin sleeping bag, and it had a picture of Aladdin on the magic carpet with the genie going, hey, and like pointing his finger, and Aladdin had like the lamp or whatever, and mm -hmm. it was cute, and it was very comfy. So I slid into that little bad boy, and I grabbed my T.Y. Beanie Baby, because this is 1999, and everybody had them. This is important. <laughs> Which Beanie Baby was it? Uh, it was a blue and yellow lizard with black spots on it. I can't remember its exact name, but I do remember what Iggy. it looked like. I think Iggy, it was Iggy, yes, it was. It was Iggy. Iggy the iguana. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I had the right. little red wow. tongue Wow, add that out. to your resume. Beanie Baby expert. <sighs> That's amazing. I had buckets of them back we're, in the we're gonna day. Have to, we're going to have to meet later so we can talk about our Beanie Baby. I don't need to do this. Our Beanie I need baby. to leave that in my past. No, no, no. We have to unlock this We're going to resurface. I had the limited edition Princess Die Beanie Baby. It was worth like $300, but that's fine. Anyways, church camp. Church camp. Wow. <laughs> Not about me. This is about you. <laughs> so, you're, so, so you're in your Aladdin. <laughs> so I, I'm in there, and um, I guess around like 9.30 or, or 10 o'clock, mm -hmm. all the other kids kind of start shuffling into the 
into the cabin and they're all kind of getting ready to go sleep, you know, brushing their teeth and reading books or just talking and goofing around. And, mm-hmm. uh, right before lights out, uh, the youth minister, uh, I'll call him, I'll call him James. James comes in and, uh, he's the one that sort of runs the whole show. Like he's the, he is the children's minister. The, mm-hmm. he was hired by the church to do that one specific thing is mm-hmm. minister to impressionable Children. young minds. So he comes in, uh, to the, to the boys cabin. And while we're all getting ready, he's like, Hey guys, guys, I need your attention for a moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm like half asleep. So I'm kind I'm like barely paying attention to him, but you know, he, it sounds very serious because everybody gives him his attention. So I, I kind of wake up out of my bed and I, I look over at him and he's standing right next to the door. And he says, guys, I just uh, wanted to let you know that uh, we had some police come by while you guys were walking back up to the cabins. They said that there was someone in the area that they were looking for. Uh, and oh, God. we think he might be dangerous, but uh, mm-hmm. we just want to let you know that we really don't want you getting out of your cabins tonight. Yes. You know, don't, you know, because it might be dangerous out there. So we're going to have, uh, we're just going to have to have you stay in here just, just for the night. I'm going to pause you. So that's a literal horror movie now. Like you're actually, before we were speculating this might be a horror movie, now yeah. you're actually in the setting yes, of one. Yes, like this, there is, is this a, is now, that's now it, it, it has gone from, uh, it just being a normal kind of run-of-the-mill uh, church camp adventure with throwing the water balloons and, you know, playing capture the flag and learning about Jesus. Um, and it very quickly turned into something that was stressing me the fuck out. <laughs> uh, so I'm uh, stressed out listening yeah, to this. So, so James finishes up, and, and uh, I want to mention real quick that he made very sure to say in the description of this dangerous man quote unquote uh that it was a homeless man which is a weird you know describer for this guy because how do we know he's homeless i don't know yeah. and he's in the woods yeah, and he's in the, in the South, and he's but... in the woods in like northeast georgia like what i don't get it why is really he homeless? Think he's homeless i think he's just like chilling in the woods yeah camping i think he's a camper maybe he's a hermit or a hermit so anyways he he told us about all that and you know, all the kids were like, okay. So everybody talked about it for a little bit. And eventually we all sort of died down because they had turned off the lights. And uh, there was an adult in the room that would stay with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he eventually got everybody to just kind of shut up. And we were all kind of drifted off to sleep. So I I kind of wake up around probably about 1130. And uh, I, I slept in, a, in the bunk right next to the window that looked out to the kind of like the courtyard area where the two cabins uh, mm-hmm. uh, looked out to. Were these bunk beds or were they just Yeah, like, they, they okay. were bunk beds. I was on the lower bunk bed oh, and no. right next to the window. So I could, and it was a little frosted. So everything was a little blurry, but you could oh, still no. make out shapes in oh, the no. window. Oh no. So I kind of hear the noise of a car pulling up, like mm-hmm. the, the sound of the gravel hitting the tires and, and just that low rumble noise and, so it wakes me up, and I look out the window, and I see red and blue lights going in the in the frost of the window pane, and it looked like uh, a police car. So I'm like, oh, that oh must God. be the that must be the police. That must be them. They're probably just checking up on us. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I thought in my head. So I kind of watched for a little bit, and I heard people kind of talking back and forth, and 
one of them, you know, it was very muffled, so it was it was like so it kind of sounded like two so like the charlie brown teachers yeah a little bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I couldn't really make out who it was but one of them sounded like my minister and the other sounded like, like somebody else adult, so it must have yeah. been the cop must have been must have been the cop so must have been <laughs> must have been uh so the the cop uh eventually leaves and i hear the car kind of pull back down and i'm like okay whatever well they didn't find anything so i started kind of drifting back off to sleep and I don't know at what point this happened but uh, at some point in the night I was again wakened by another sound only this time it wasn't a cop it was the sound of a man laughing in this incredible high-pitched squeal that a, a cackle if you will uh, followed by and including the revving noise of a chainsaw. Okay, uh. so at this point, you're in a real live horror movie. Yeah, Before, so, there was still speculation. Right, I was yeah, yeah. still like, maybe this is just like a little weird. No, you are straight up going to get murdered at the end of the story, but right, I know you're so, not because so, you're right, yeah, I'm right here. here. No, I'm a ghost. <laughs> we have our first ghost guest, everybody. Guess what, everybody? Ghosts are real. Go to church. Save yourself. <laughs> I, I hear that, and you, you know that feeling like when someone... Uh, jumps out to scare you or you know you're or like you feel that uh gut feeling where your stomach throws up into your throat when you go down a roller coaster ride for the first time yeah. on that on that hill that's exactly what it felt like yeah only only it just stayed there because it was like a and then a as the as the chainsaw turned out and he just went like this awful, awful oh screaming laugh, and I mean, I, and then I'd hear like the the chainsaw revving and then slamming on the side of the cabin where the bathrooms were across across oh, the God. floor, and I could hear him oh, my God. walking back and forth, and all the kids obviously have woken up at this point, and you know, some of them are crying, some of them are really quiet. I was one that was deathly quiet. I I couldn't move. I was basically just gripping that Iggy T.Y. Beanie Baby in my fist and was just like this the whole time, like a statue, because I was so scared. Can you imagine being 10 years old and being woken up to the sound of what sounds exactly like a scene from Texas Chainsaw Massacre? What month was this? What time of year? You Probably said about... It was... I said frost, but I mean like steam. Okay. Oh, it's yeah. frosty. I'm know. just trying to... Maybe, again, maybe there's, like, another explanation. Maybe it's, like, October, and there's, like, a nearby haunted house that's oh, going right. on, no, and, like, this the guy in the, stumbles this into the, the camp on accident. No, nah, this is fucking middle of summer. Oh, God. There's no reason for this to be happening. Okay. So You're fucked. <laughs> yeah, so I felt pretty fucked. I okay. mean, you know, kids were praying, and, As you know, the, the adult in the room wasn't saying anything. He was just sort of standing there and watching the door. So... I don't know, like, what he expected to happen. I guess he was like, I better watch the door. At least in my mind, I was like, I bet he's going to watch the door so that he'll punch him in the face or something. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to fucking die. And I I remember just looking out the window. And it's so frosty, you know, or, or, or foggy or whatever. I can't see anything except for these shapes. And I, I see this big looming shape 
hustle itself towards the girl's cabin and I keep hearing that chainsaw going <laughs> and it you know the sound was receding as he got closer to the girl's cabin and it was a little quiet for a second and then I I couldn't see what was going on and then I heard it again I heard the I heard the revving and his his laugh and then the girls screaming and then I heard their door for their cabin bang open and heard about, I guess, however many there were probably about 10 girls running. Just, you can't see anything. All I could do was, was figure what was happening. So these girls running across the gravel to a bus that was sitting next to the cabin. And I guess they got on it. And, uh, after all this had happened, I, I asked, one of my friends that was in the cabin, uh, you know, what her side of the story was, what happened to that point. And apparently this guy with the chainsaw, uh, the, all the girls were able to get themselves on this bus and close the door. But the guy took the chainsaw and slammed it up against the windows and would rake it back and forth uh, while they were while they were in the bus. And he would scream and rev the chainsaw and like bang on the windows, I guess trying to get them out or something, but, uh, they, they were screaming bloody murder. I could hear them even, you know, even though they were in the bus and then I was in the cabin, I could hear them screaming bloody murder. And it felt like that went on for hours. I honestly couldn't tell you how long it actually went on for because I was so terrified that, uh, that time just sort of dilated. So it could have been two minutes. It could have been two hours that this stuff was happening. I honestly couldn't, I couldn't tell you because it was just so frightening. Um, and then, but I remember after a while, everything got real, real quiet. Like, no screams from the girls. No chainsaw. No chainsaw. Just deathly quiet. Which is, like, way scarier. That's, like, what we're doing right now yeah. in the studio. Like, we're deathly quiet. Spooky. Right. Minus the air When, yeah, minus the <laughs> Hey. You're ruining the suspense. <laughs> so it was, it was completely quiet. And some of the boys had started to murmur, whimper, you know. That's all you could really hear at this point. And just when I thought that it was going to be all right, maybe he left. I, I, I couldn't know. Maybe he murdered. Was, murdered all, all the, the girls, girls in the other cabin. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on, but it felt like it had been forever since I'd heard anything from the outside when the door to the cabin busts open. Oh, no. I mean, it swung, whack, and then the screen door just pow. And, of course, you know, screen doors are loud as fuck, so it, it made everyone screamed. And uh, my bed was right next to the window, and the window was right next to this door, so I could see from an angle... This the silhouette of someone I couldn't tell who it was because it was so dark, and all these boys are just screaming like the little girls are screaming now because we don't know who this is, and then the lights turn on, and it was my pastor James, Pastor James, and he comes in, and he goes, "That was fun, wasn't it?" Oh my <laughs> God. The whole thing had been a, uh, I guess in his mind, it had been a prank. And uh, 
he had gotten one of the other deacons to go grab a chainsaw from his house, bring it up there, and scare the pants off of everybody by acting like he was some sort of insane uh, child-murdering serial killer. Uh... And then scaring the shit out of you guys by, like, telling you beforehand. Yeah, like, there was a whole production uh, to it. There really was, wasn't there? I applaud their theatrics of it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't applaud, you know, the the impact it's going to have on your mental health later in <laughs> your life. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I have some questions about this. Just to tie up the loose ends. Okay. So what were the blue and red lights? I'm assuming it was not actually a police officer. No, uh... From what I can tell, they had bought one of those, you know, lights from like a party city or something. So they went all out for yeah, this. Yeah, he, so he stuck it to the top of one of their cars and then pulled it up. I guess they must have known that we couldn't see out into that area because the windows, I guess, just... Or even if you did, your kids and... Yeah, yeah. you know, so, so that was going and they had bought that and it was just them talking, but they made it sound like they were... Uh, the actual cops, I get. They even have like walkie-talkies that they were turning on and off to, to try to make it sound like a you know cops were on the radio or whatever. Like they went all out, right? And uh, so after that happened, the kids just—I mean, I don't know. If, I guess they just wanted to blow off the fact that they all thought they were going to die. So they all started like having a, like an, an impromptu water balloon fight. But I was really mad. I was really fucking mad and terrified and like uh, the, I, could... I feel like you're like the perfect kid to tell this story because you were the uptight child who was very particular who didn't yeah. want to be there and wanted to go home. Yeah. And like you're the one who like ends up not being able to shake this off. Yeah. <laughs> and it ends up being this story that like it's, it, it really stays was... with you for your whole life. It's really it's really bullshit because you were very I... precocious. Yeah. <laughs> I I was just like I was so angry, and I remember just running out to James and just punching him as hard as I could in the stomach. Oh, so you got violent. <laughs> I as, was pissed. As a normal human would after yeah. being in this scenario. Yeah, I was like, first of all, motherfucker, I didn't say motherfucker because I was 10, <laughs> but in my head, <laughs> I wanted to say that. Uh, you just scared the shit out of me. I'm trying to sleep. I didn't even feel good when I came in to this cabin, you know, I... I don't even know. Like, I, I couldn't sleep the rest of the night. I really didn't. You know, I just stayed awake in my bed. Because who the fuck could sleep after that? Uh, until the morning came and we all got up and we ate breakfast. And you could just tell that the kids were Dead. acting differently. Why they would were, that be? Why would they I, be I acting know. differently? I don't know. Why, why would the children act differently? It's not like their lives were just threatened. Uh, whatever. And then it all turned out to be a big prank, which that's got to mess with you. Oh, my life has been threatened for at least a, s a few hours. I'm under the assumption that I'm going to die. And then, no, it was a prank the whole time? Boy, life sure is meaningless, isn't it? <laughs> Good job, buddy. You really brought me to Christ there. Um, <laughs> so this set the stage for later on for you becoming an atheist. Is that correct? <laughs> this is like the first thing this where you're is, like, This is like you the, know the cracks began to show in the religious veneer. <laughs> I'm done with this. Let's start oh, moving man. forward to... Something so, else. Uh, do we know if he ever did something like this again? Do we? Oh know? no! Oh no! He did not. And oh. I'm going to tell you why. Oh, good. Yeah. I was waiting. My next question was, 
what was where's the, the adult drama? Where was, <laughs> yeah. what was the okay, rationale so for this? What did your parents what's the say? What's fallout? Like, right? Yeah. So I want to I want to start by saying that it was Sunday that yeah. day. So of course we had the a sermon. Lord's day, right? Yeah, the Lord's day. So of course we had a sermon, and this asshole. Oh, I'll never forget this. He sat us all down and said, "So we went on an adventure last night," and I was like, "Yeah, um, yeah, we sure did." Uh, we definitely went on an adventure. And he proceeded to make the sermon about the prank that he pulled and about the recent Columbine shootings. Oh, He pulled no. that into it and was talking to these kids what? about the about Dylan and Eric. What were the names? Dylan and Eric? Anyways, um, about the, the shooters coming in and, uh, you know, pointing the gun, that old myth of the them pointing the gun to the girl and they ask her if she believes in God. And oh. he, he did that whole spiel about that. And was tying it into the stuff that he had done to us the previous night. Are you and fucking? Do you know crazy? if he tried this with the girls he actually went into the cabin with? Did he like go in front of a girl with a chainsaw and says, do "Well, you... it, it, it wasn't." I, he didn't. I don't think he did that to them. Um, I know that it wasn't him specifically that had the chainsaw. It was one of the other deacons that he had wrapped roped into this, mm-hmm. which I'm Watch surprised out. that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm surprised that the guy agreed to do it. Um, it was the '90s, I guess, different time. But uh, yeah, the, he he went on this whole spiel for like an hour, you know, however long sermons last of about the Columbine shooting and how important it is to believe in God in the face of fear and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, dude, which is a fair point. I mean, that's sure, a fair point. No atheists in foxholes, but not really. I'm ten. I'm ten. And also bringing in the Columbine shooting as a rationale for why he did this. Yeah, because it, it just happened. That's really fucked it up. It just happened that April. Because yeah. remember, it happened in yeah. April of 99. And right. this was literally f- three or four months after that. Yeah. So it's still fresh in all the kids' minds. And honestly, I remember for several years after that shit went down, where kids were fucking terrified mm-hmm. of of someone possibly coming in to like the middle school or whatever right. and shooting the place up. Like it was it, one of the, you know, bigger first instances even, yeah. of this happening. Yeah. So it, 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 it was just wildly inappropriate. Everything that he did was wildly inappropriate. So the kid, you know, after that was done, I, basically we all just got on the bus and we were real quiet. And he, I remember he tried to try to start up like a, like a hymn or something to sing on the bus and the kids weren't really having it. They were just sort of quiet. <laughs> so he was singing to himself. Yeah. Good. Uh, and, uh, yeah. So, um, the, pretty much the next Sunday he was fired. Uh, absolutely fired. Uh, my dad was a deacon in the church and, uh, they all had a very serious talk after that happened. Uh, cause it pretty much traumatized half of the, uh, half of the family's kids. That went to that church, yeah, and which is understandable. Yeah, so the it, it and then was it was trying to make it a, a God fearing thing. Yeah, like, it was not. It's one thing to do like a just like a badly like a poor ta- a prank in poor taste, mm-hmm. but to make it a justification based on a hugely traumatic event and to use it as a reason, a weapon for to make these kids believe in God. It's like it was a little what messed the up. Fuck! What the yeah. actual fuck? It was a little, yeah, it was very messed up. And yeah. I'll tell you this, um, after that happened, uh, for a period of time, uh, at night when I'd be trying to sleep, I would swear up and down that the neighbor next to my house was revving a chainsaw and trying to cut stuff or 
work in the middle of the night and I would get up and I'd tell my mom, you got to tell him to stop burying that thing. It's freaking me out and I'm trying to sleep. And she'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. So it affected you outside of your faith. Like it was permeating through other aspects of your life. That's how traumatizing it was. It was, it traumatized and scared me enough that I was hearing it while I was trying to sleep. Like there were a few nights where I was like, mom, you've, you got to sleep in the bed with me because I, I can't sleep. I'm scared out of my mind. Like it yeah. gave me a very powerful fear of my house being burglarized and people breaking uh, in. Oh. And I'd have like nightmares of people trying to break into the house afterwards. Yeah. So I don't know how long that went on for it. It eventually, you know, went just f- faded because you know you got older and you can rationalize all of it. And it was just a prank. So I, a terrible prank, but it was just a prank. So eventually I, I rationalized all of it away. I think and now it's now it's just a, a story from my childhood. It's a crazy story. It, yeah. yeah, it's interesting you keep saying it's a prank because I don't think it's a prank, and I think in their minds it wasn't a prank. It was I, a teaching lesson. Yeah, you know I keep calling it a prank. Like pranks to me are like yet. put like a bucket of like Jello on top of someone's door and when they open it up they're covered not, in Jello. It's not like a life lesson. No. It's, it's a yeah. It, yeah. I guess you might be right. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe really it was a, prank. a way for them to rationalize it. Yeah. Like I called it a prank. <laughs> Did they call it a prank? Where they're like, we pranked you, teehee. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember if they ever called it a prank or not. That's just how I always thought about it in my head because it it was something that you did yeah. that wasn't. Real. I wonder. I wonder if he actually like had that kind of like forethought into it. I feel like this would be an interesting rationality question because it's like, did you just do the prank? It went poorly, and then you were like, Shit, I better, oh, let's turn this into a teaching lesson. Let's make this. I think seem I, I like I like that better because yeah. it makes me uh, feel better about the fact that he did it because yeah. if he actually orchestrated it as a how means old was this guy scare- really like i mean he probably he seemed really probably, old but he may have been like our age he was i think he was our age like yeah i think he was in his late 20s i think it's really easy to do dumb shit when you're like 25 <laughs> because yeah. I mean, yeah. he, he was cool too like yeah the, the guy was cool i mean he had like cool adventure games on his computer at, yeah. at, in his office and he like did he have like we, a cool like ear piercing too or nah he looked oh. like a 90s pastor i okay. mean the polo and the khakis and everything but uh but I mean, like i had, could imagine like a guy in his late 20s yeah i mean like in I the 90s to, like we, maybe yeah. like i'm gonna fuck with these kids yeah, we'd yeah. go over to his house and you know uh like me and my parents you know they'd have the dinner parties or whatever mm-hmm. and and he'd like sit down with the kids and watch star wars with them and you know so, so he's a cool i, I mean yeah. he wasn't a bad person. So he was person. like hip and cool and like yeah, he, he was like, oh, I'm just going to do this scary thing. And then yeah. he was like, oh, fuck. He wasn't really a bad person. And up until that point, he treated all the kids really well. And I really liked him. I thought he was, he was basically and like. And you're like, fuck you, punch you in the stomach. Yeah. And I just, dude, it's a good thing I punched him in the stomach. I'm, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I wish he would have just like been like, it's a prank. I'm sorry. We screwed up. It was terrible. It's just a but prank, bro. The fact it's just that, a prank. The fact that he justified it using Columbine as an example and then trying to put that as a basis for your faith and being stronger in your faith yeah. is just so messed up that I There's so many layers to how fucked up that is. Yeah. I can understand just the prank part. Beyond that, I'm like, I'm done. Can't, I'm done. Can't. Yeah. It, you're you're beyond Deacon Dean or James. Well or he he was definitely fired and he had a uh uh there was a sermon not too long after that where he got a chance to come up and, and say goodbye to everybody in the church. Uh, and a bunch of the kids got up and uh, went up to the stage and hugged him. Oh. Which was weird because I, at that point, was like, I'm not getting up there. I, I It was like one of the first times I'd really been defiant because, you know, even my mom was like, do you want to go up? And I shook my head. No. 
I'm not going up there. Did mm-hmm. he say his reason for leaving in this sermon? Did he say, oh, I'm going on to bigger and better things? Or did he straight up say, I'm being let go because I terrified the fuck out of all of you? No, they kept the church kept it pretty hush-hush. Yeah. Uh, they did not want to make it a big issue, but everybody at the church knew that uh, yeah. he had basically made the kids wet themselves on... <laughs> <laughs> you guys lived multiple in, occasions within a very short time period. Yeah. You were living in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> really? As well, you know what's fun is uh, now horror movies can't scare me anymore because I lived one. Well, of course, like, <laughs> yeah, like that would break <laughs> it was okay. One, but you know what? Yeah. I'm desensitized to everything now. So that that was uh, that was a very interesting period yeah. uh, uh, in my life. And funny, uh, remember when I said he talked about how the guy was homeless? Yeah. Right. Well, I went to New York, I guess, a year after that, yeah. and I was fucking terrified of all the homeless people oh. in New York City, because I've got it in my head, even though I know it was a prank, I know, I know it wasn't real, but it's been set and ingrained in my head that homeless people are inherently dangerous. It, so, I, there, the, there's it, also, a, that's also a thing, I think, culturally. It, it was, it was already a really cultural, toxic. It, yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was already a cultural thing, mm-hmm. but it had been made worse because of this experience. And then he like, and I was, on something that right, there's a freaking s- out the entire time I had to be in New York City. I there, probably love it now, but. There's so many layers to it. The fact that he was like, yeah, this homeless guy is dangerous. Yeah. He has a chainsaw of all things. Like he cannot afford a home, but he has a chainsaw. Yeah. He's got like, a chainsaw though. I mean, yeah, as a kid, I, sorry, if you can't think about it that way, but as an adult, you probably put two and two together and be like, why is a homeless guy with a chainsaw coming around? So he, like, uh, who justified it? why he did this. Well, I don't and think he specified. He just said the guy was dangerous. Yeah, and but, I think, the, but his justification of they think he's dangerous is because he's homeless. Yeah. So yeah. I see so what you're saying. That. There was a direct correlation. And also the fact yeah, that I started yeah. correlating yeah. homeless with dangerous. Well, I mean, he, like, he, it was causal, the, the relationship, not, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, even though, obviously, that's not the case, you know, I... They're just people. Um, but in my little 10 year old mind, I mean, you, I yeah. was convinced but there were like a lot of things that were just poor judgment. Yeah, on his several part. things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Little... So, that was not his calling. <laughs> no, I think he's still in the church. Yeah. I think oh. he still does stuff for the church. I'm pretty sure he doesn't do that anymore. Well, maybe he like moonlights on the side as like a haunted house. <laughs> chainsaw Actor, guy yeah. yeah he's like oh yeah. you know october's rolling around time to bring out my chainsaw skills there, there are two things in life that i love jesus and scaring the shit out of small children <laughs> and that's gonna be our tagline for there this episode <laughs> loving jesus and scaring the shit out of small children jesus christ that is true jesus christ <laughs> jesus christ indeed so that is uh that that is the story of when I went to church camp as a little boy. I feel exhausted after hearing this story. I went through, I hate saying this, but I went through a roller coaster of emotions. Like, finding out each piece of this has just completely <laughs> messed me up now. A little nightmarish. A little, yeah. a I need a Xanax. I can't. <laughs> to be fair, I like. I love how this is traumatic, but in, in real life, this was like nothing. Like, compared to, like, what a lot of people go Actually, like, you know yeah. what I mean like the, the well, amount of hubris here is kind of like it, it's funny it's so it's such bullshit because it felt it felt real when it was happening yeah I didn't know that I, I couldn't have possibly thought it was a prank which is why I, I love how you told the story because it does highlight how ridiculous like now it would be like oh yeah like I was at church camp and like my pastor did this like stupid thing where you like and then you would probably talk about the Columbine thing and like mm-hmm. him, him doing the chainsaw but like outlining it like that makes you like go through again what it would have been like as a kid yeah you I know? mean mm-hmm. you know when when you're a kid and, and, and it was happening as it was happening it felt real mm-hmm. I felt 
I felt a very tangible fear yeah. for my life. Like, I seriously thought I was going to die. And when you think that as a 10-year-old, that's horrifying. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot possibly imagine what that's done to me as a person. But So, uh, that just, like, putting that into perspective, though, oh, man, I, I just really want to get, like, heavy with it right now. But, like, look at places like Aleppo, you know? Yeah, right? I, with these kids actually experiencing, this is, like... This is a real thing for... For many, many children this in other prank. parts of the like, world, a lot of kids it's in like this living world in are war experiencing zone. really living that that yeah. experience every day. I, it's Jesus. <laughs> like, can you even like? Like, I I've thought about imagine. that sort of thing before, yeah. and it's I. You know what? He did do a good thing. He made me a hell of a lot more empathetic to to yeah. people uh, in those sorts of situations. Like, it being able to experience it, even though it wasn't real. Uh, at the end of the day, I feeling I, some kind of terror, feeling like, that sort of terror, and then knowing that that terror is real and is persisting throughout my life would be unthinkable. Like I seriously don't know if I would be able to survive just mentally, uh, even if I survived physically through something like that. Yeah. There's just a lot to that story. A lot of things to to unpack. But like that, that the whole time we were talking about this and like how like crazy it was and how ridiculous and how we're so like, I can't believe they would do that. You know, it just made me like kind of parallel a little bit with, Mm -hmm. you know, so you wait mm-hmm. before I get into that. Obviously, we've had a lot of people of different face on the show, right? And like, we're not trying to like bash Christianity or anything, but this is just kind of about your personal experience with this. Yes. So you talked a little bit about kind of like your journey and this being a part of like how you really fell out of the church. And I know now your story is a little different, like right? Yeah. Involved, so I, I did kind of uh, ha- have a bit of a falling out. Not not after the chainsaw thing, but um, I went to another. Uh, church camp sort of thing in Missouri <laughs> when I was a freshman no. in high school. In and, Missouri? Uh, yeah. Yep. Why? Sounds about right. Well, <laughs> I mean, think about it. Midwest Missouri. Is, yeah. Misery. They have fireworks, guns, and churches. That's like entirely yeah. what Missouri mm-hmm. is. Oh. Pretty much. I've been there several times. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. But why Missouri? Uh, than... That's where the convention was being held. Oh, got it. So it was a convention. Okay. Yeah, it was called the, the Christ in Youth Convention. Um, I know. Can you <laughs> what? Can you say that one more time? The uh, <clears throat> the Christ in Youth Convention. Okay. I didn't know if I misheard that. Good to know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus and kids. In youth. Yeah. In in youth. In, um. Well, okay. So yeah, now now <laughs> I'm still you know I'm a, I'm still very much a part of the community. I work for a ministry doing uh, stuff for them. So mm-hmm. I, I mean like I'm I'm still very much involved yeah yeah in the in the church but yeah there was a period where it was i just was like this is i've lost all interest in this you know yeah which i i know that a lot of people of different faiths have that period in yeah, their life absolutely. I, i'm pretty sure almost everybody does yeah, yeah. at some that point, period so. to question it and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, rome springa <laughs> my, my own personal rome springa that lasted for like five years is that how you pronounce that is it? No. sure why not <laughs> So were there other things that kind of led you to where you're at now? So yeah, yeah, you talked about the convention. So talk to us a little bit about that. I know okay. this yeah, was so, another. Uh, kind all right, so this is this is uh, uh, not scary. It was just stupid. Um, <laughs> it was my. I was going into my freshman year of high school. It was the summer before that, and my mom was concerned that I was not as interested in the church as I should be. Mm. So she was like, "You're going on this." convention thing Mm -hmm. you're gonna go 
And I was like, you're going to make me go to a thing I don't want to go to for over a week in the summer before my high, my freshman year of high school in Missouri. <laughs> oh. you, 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 uh, that's what, just so we're clear, mom, you want that. Yes. No. All right. Well, <laughs> no. Fast forward. I'm on a plane. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I got drugged along uh, with the new youth minister. Uh, we'll call him Dan. We'll call uh, Pastor Dan, Dan. We'll call him Dan the Man, Pastor Dan. And uh, I, I did not want to go. And I had prepped myself for not wanting to uh, mentally be there at all. So I brought... Um, two books I, I brought watership down and a harry potter book mm. uh watership down because uh i had to read it for the summer reading thing which by the way watership down that's an awesome book uh one, <laughs> one of my favorite books actually harry uh, potter as well yeah ha- harry potter um well, everybody because everybody yeah. loved harry potter and i was reading the prisoner of azkaban at the time so so what house are you sorry i just need to oh uh i always like to say i'm a gryffindor but in my heart i know i'm a hufflepuff okay Carry on. Okay. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you're a Hufflepuff. Anyway. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so they, they drug me out to Missouri, to this uh, Baptist college that had recessed for the summer, I guess. And we stayed in the dorm rooms at this Baptist college. And let me just tell you right now, those dorm rooms were disgusting. They were absolutely filthy. The carpet ha- looked like it hadn't been replaced in, you know, since carpet was a thing. Oh. Um, the furniture was falling apart. I had to sleep on, like, this paper-thin mattress. It felt like, you know, there were fists punching me in my back the entire time I'm trying to sleep. It was just not a very comfortable experience uh, to have to be in these dorms. And so I'm there for a week, and they're making us do... The dumbest shit. Like, at one point, I was, uh, we went to have a meeting uh, in one of the conference rooms, and they sat us all down and were like, okay, so today uh, the convention wants us to do these little projects uh, as, you know, just a part of the studying and the community, you know, just, it's a, it's a thing, you know, you have to follow yeah. the convention rules and do all the projects that they're giving to you. Cause it's a, it's like a school you're supposed yeah. to learn about Jesus, Jesus. So, uh, they were like, okay, so today, because this has everything to do with God somehow, uh, we're going to handcuff you to another member of your, uh, troop that you came with. What? For an entire day. How? Yep. What? They used handcuffs? Uh, those, uh, they didn't use handcuffs. They used the, uh... Zip tie? Zip tie, thank you. What? That's even worse. Oh, that's even worse. So, yeah, they, they zip tied us together. Um, that's like the zip tie type thing they use in, like, again, horror movies where, like, the serial killer yeah, is, like, zip tying someone. what is up with someone. the correlation between stuff that they want to do to teach us about Jesus and it being a literal I'm horror I'm not film. saying there's a correlation. There's... <laughs> it's a scientist. I need to make that clear. I'm just okay. making an observation. All right. Some things, but okay. This, in these particular two stories, at least. Yeah. Well, yeah. don't worry. I didn't get attacked at this place. Oh, I got attacked, but it was spiritually. Um, 
Okay. So yeah, they they made us basically stick to each other for an entire day, and that was it was a thing, you know. The only time it got really weird and and kind of hard is when we had to use the bathroom. In which case, uh, we just I just kind of had to hold in poop until we were done, and we had to do that for about seven hours. Uh, Did they not like think about that? Yeah. But they had a you know. They had their reasons, I guess. I don't know what it had to do with learning about the Lord, but I don't know, being close to God. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out like why the fuck you would want to do that to somebody. <laughs> the logic is lost. It really is. Um, and I also remember uh, that they had classes, like almost like college classes. You go to uh, lectures, and you'd get to choose the lectures that you'd want to go to uh, How every day. How old were you again? I was like 14. Okay, mm-hmm. so f- about four years after, after the first yeah. incident. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and one of the one of the college classes was about the rise of atheism in uh, Hollywood cinema, and the lecturer decided that the best movie to illustrate his point about how atheism was infecting the heart of America was to use the movie Titanic. And I just want to state mm. real quick for the record that. Uh, in both in real life and in the movie, one of the characters says, not even God could sink this ship, and then the ship proceeds to sink. Just in case you guys all forgot about what happened to the Titanic, it sinks. I and did it for a was, second, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that guy's hubris was certainly put into check, and the lecturer decided that would be a great way to talk about how they are totally uh, subverting the will of God. And I'm like... I'm pretty sure I watched a different movie because uh, that guy's hubris definitely came back to bite him in the ass because that ship sinks. It sinks. It fucking sinks. I was trying to figure out why he would be showing this movie. And I was like, is he going to be talking about how, you know, the Titanic sinking is like a metaphor for people's like faith going into the water and disappearing. No, it's that. He based it entirely around that quote. I am not kidding. And he's like, yeah, this is a perfect example of how movies are, are totally atheistic now. And then he tried to use The Matrix to also make the point. And I was like, isn't The Matrix full of like a lot of religious iconography? Yeah. Um, but, you know, whatever. It's funny because literally a year later, uh, my youth pastor tried to use The Matrix in the complete opposite capacity uh, to try and say it was all about Jesus. It's not. It's actually all about Buddhism so and becoming enlightened, but whatever. A minor contradiction. Yeah. So there were those classes and so there was uh, another class that I went to and it was uh, about like when war is justified uh, and is, is it ever justified to commit war? And the class was kind of like an open format where people could voice their opinions. Mm-hmm. And this was right around the time that the Iraq war started. So oh, no. people were very opinionated. Uh, and since I was at a church camp, they were very opinionated for the war in Iraq uh, and the only person in that place that wasn't, uh, I guess, unless you're including me, uh, was the guy giving the lecture. And he got chewed out by all those people. And that was an interesting view into uh, how political discourse is going to evolve over the next 13 years when that happened. Are you, are you, hey, Who's is this, is burning? this the fun police? Are you coming to ruin my fun time? <laughs> Did I commit a treasonous act of fun? Okay, we'll save that and do an outtakes episode. <laughs> <laughs>
There will be outtakes in this episode. It's okay. You can edit it in post. I believe in you. We're just going to like post the entire thing. No editing needed. <laughs> it's going to be like two seconds long. Like, I am sad. The end. And, uh, <laughs> thank you. That was the only part I could salvage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, other than that, there was a lot of points in that where they they kept pushing, you know, these very small group therapy sessions at night where they would ask us really personal questions about, uh, you know, our lives at home and do any of you struggle with a porn addiction and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah, like really personal, heavy stuff. And I'm like, first of all, these kids are 14. What do you think? I masturbated 20 minutes ago. You can't stop me. Um, in your dirty dorm room? Yeah. Okay. No, I didn't actually masturbate. Oh. I, was, I was way too stressed out to, to do that. Um, they, they got the kids talking. Yeah. And these people who I barely knew, because I really didn't associate with the kids at the church very much. I had my own group of friends outside of it that mm-hmm. I much preferred. So these people that I barely knew were revealing these incredibly closely guarded secrets throughout this week. And th- these secrets included, like, one of them, like, was uh, really into sucking dick, and they were feeling really conflicted about it, and they're like, I don't want to be gay. And they were crying because they didn't want to be gay. Oh. And, and I was like, oh, my oh. God. And one of them was talking about how he struggled with, a, you know, a porn addiction. And one of them, like, said something about how she used to diddle herself with pickles. Which was interesting, and then everybody decided it would be appropriate to give her a big group hug, and I didn't want to, but the pastor started looking at me, and he had to make a come-hither motion with his hand while all these people are just giving a group hug, and I'm like, all right. So I just, like, wrap my big-ass arms around these people and just kind of pat-pat them, because here I am. This lady just admitted that she likes to stick pickles up her hoo-ha, and now we're hugging her. I this just feel great. Like that's like a health issue. Yeah. I feel like that would probably upset some some delicate Maybe it was balance. a cucumber. Did she stick okay, with cucumber. a cucumber? Okay, that makes and more sense. And then it got pickled? Exactly. Uh. You're exactly right. Uh, <laughs> and they made us do Sorry, really... I had to make that joke. Uh, they made us do other <laughs> odd stuff. Oh, jeez. Oh, okay. I once, like, none I of this to, is making it in. <laughs> no. I'm going to skip all this. They did make me carry a cross, though. What? They made me carry a cross. Like a... A like a real, on. yeah, a real cross. You made me carry one. Like a giant, like yeah, a, like, like seven a... foot tall wooden cross. Yes, I carried a cross. Did, I carried a literal cross. Did everyone have to do this or just you? Yeah, I, it was like a relay race. <laughs> oh my god! What? Yeah, it was like a relay where I, I would carry the cross, and, uh, and then I would hand it off to somebody. I almost choked on my own. <laughs> yeah, I don't on your own uh, Yeah, <laughs> and then I would. You know, I, it probably weighed about 70 pounds, I guess. It was pretty heavy. I mean, I was six foot two at the time and weighed like 200 pounds. You were pounds. 14 and six foot two? Yeah. And 200 pounds? Yeah. At 14? Yeah. Oh. I'm six foot five and 215 pounds now. That's still like... It's like monstrous. You yeah, were was, a monster at I was 14. A, I was a big boy. You are like taller than the cross. Yeah. I was a big boy. Um... And nobody ever messed with Andrew after he got his growth spurt. Mm-mm. Those kids learn quick oh, not to mess with the monster. <coughs> um, please don't put that in. Please don't. 
Too late. No, we did that, actually. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, the, I was pretty big, and this thing was heavy, and so I, you know, you'd have to carry it, and like, the, uh, the next person would take it up, and it was a very solemn sort of uh, Relay endeavor. race? It was like a non-exciting relay race. Like Yeah, because you're supposed to... I mean, you're supposed to be experiencing what it would be like to have to carry a heavy-ass cross. Granted, I wasn't whipped by, like, a notched whip, and yeah. I didn't have a crown of thorns shoved onto my scalp, so... Probably, I feel like I'm missing some vital components of this whole. <laughs> you didn't have this nails. Whole simulation driven know. through your wrists. Well, hey, now he didn't get those until after he was put up on it. He had to walk it from, from where he was tortured. Well, just the carrying portion. Yeah, come on, man. I'm sorry. Get your. <laughs> I'm sorry. Get it straight. So yeah, they made me do that, and it, it, just the entire experience was has, like the entire time I was asking myself, you know, what did I really want to be like? with this sort of people do i really want to devote my life to this sort of thing and you know i was a teenager so i was starting to become rebellious and going against the grain of whatever my parents wanted me to do and i for the for that time period i decided after all that was done that i was like i was not into it yeah you know, i'll go through the motions i'll keep going to church because it's what my mom wants me to do but i'm checking out every yeah. time i i have to step into that building because I wasn't having it anymore. I was forced to go to this thing that I didn't want to go to. And the entire week I had to do and hear things that were really weird and kind of creepy, to be honest. And, you know, it, it just basically ruined my whole perception of what I thought church should be like. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, for years, like I, I just wouldn't even want to go to church because I thought, you know, that they were doing something that, just seemed anathema to the whole idea of Jesus in the first place. Mm. So, or at least what my concept of what Jesus should be like. So I, so yeah, I, you know, I went home and I had, was able to finish Watership Down. And uh, I also bought a Metallica CD while I was up there, which is neat. I got Master of Puppets. <laughs> Good. And Quality. I tricked them all into thinking that it was really um, about, good things i don't know how they fucking bought that one did you tell them about if like you play it backwards it says like hail satan and no nah, i was Hell like is coming no it's you know, uh, the songs are actually about the you know horrors of of not really they're a, a christian person. band they're they're totally like i mean i think the i think the band members at least jason or not jason newstead uh, uh not kirk hammett what the fuck is the name of the main guy uh Whatever, whatever the main guy's name is, I think he is a Christian. I think he's the one that write the, writes the lyrics. But mm. um, yeah, I when I was a kid, I was into Metallica. So sue me, <laughs> whatever. That's fine. Now I listen to shit like Neutral Milk Hotel and Monotrix Point Never and Vaporwave. So eat shit. I don't know what any of those are, and I hate you. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm a pretentious hipster. Um, so after that, mm -hmm. after the these experiences and you coming to terms with not really feeling this faith in the sense mm -hmm. that you did earlier, how did the rest of your years go? So throughout like, well, um, up to this point, there was a point, uh, where, you know, for a few years after that, I mean, my high school years, I still went to church with my mom pretty much every Sunday. Mm -hmm. Uh, e even if I'd like beggar not to make me go cause my friends wanted to do something that yeah. Sunday morning, you know, I missed out on getting to shoot an Xbox. That was Sucky, I really wanted to shoot that Xbox because I wanted to test the theory that they were bulletproof. You shot an Xbox? I'm sorry, I wanted to. This? Why? I wanted to. Well, my friends had an old old Xbox 
Um, and they took it out to their grandpa's field and they were shooting it with guns. And I was like, man, that sounds amazing. I want to go. And my mom's like, no, you have to go to church. This sounds like the South. Yeah. This is definitely the South. This, yeah. this, I live in the South. Yeah, I'm a dirty liberal. But hey, I love shooting guns, man. That's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's why a lot of people truly, that's why they want them. It's really it's, that. It's really, it's because. <laughs> just because they like guns. Not to protect guns. themselves. Right? Yeah. It's fun. You just like guns. Yeah. You like that, guns. You, you know what? You, you got to secure that masculinity somehow, I guess. Um, <laughs> big cars and big guns. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways. I really thought you were going to say big cocks, and I was like. <laughs> no, it can be PG. <laughs> Big cars, big guns, big, big cars. <laughs> big cars means the opposite of big dicks. Yeah. Usually, this is true. This is true. Um, yeah. So uh, at one point, my mom. This is probably my senior year of high school, and my mom came into my room. It was a Sunday, and I was asleep. And I knocked on my door, and she's like, "Hey, we need to get ready to go to church." And I looked up from my bed, and I was like, "This is this is it." No, I'm not going. I'm not going. You can't make me go. I'm 18. I'm not going. And she's like, what? Yes, you are. You have to go. You have to go to church. You need to get up right now. Why don't you want to go to church? And she grilled me on it for a good 10 minutes. And I was like, look, I don't care. I don't think that being forced to go to church is cool. And I also don't think that me going to church is uh, a necessary requirement of being a believer. So I want to sleep because... I have been up all night and I don't want to have to get up and go to a place that I don't want to be. So I'm not going. And my mom just sort of stood there for a little bit and she just said, all right, fine. And she never asked me to go to church again after that. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, and then a few years after that, I just decided that I would go to church every once in a while just because that's, it's, it's a part of my life and I, you know, still wanted to make my parents happy. And I, you know, I still, I, I do genuinely enjoy going to sermons every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, you know, I started going a little bit perspective and the community is a big part of it too. Exactly. So, you know, if you find like a good community, like exactly, you know, and and after a while, I, you know, me, you know, I'd go to church with my dad and we'd go to different churches every once in a while. And, you know, and, and it was a time for me to bond with him and do all sorts of other stuff like that. So, you know, eventually I came, I came back around and, and, you know, now I, I work for ministry and they're, great and honestly they're some of the best people that i've ever worked with mm-hmm. and uh, so i think it really boils down to like it's it's not so much like a religious issue it's more of a community issue it, it's a community yes it's a community issue and the other issue is that i wasn't given a choice mm-hmm. i i couldn't choose for myself if this was something that i wanted to be involved in mm-hmm. and that was where a lot of the friction came from yeah. you know because i i haven't because i was being forced i i couldn't see the the goodness or, or the good points of it because how can you when you're being forced to mm-hmm. do something you don't yeah. look forward to a test that you're being forced to do right mm-hmm. unless you're I guess just that kind of person yeah normal people do not get excited about tests mm-hmm. normal people do not get excited about final exams or having to go to the DMV and that's what it felt like so mm-hmm. it got a lot better and I enjoyed it a lot more once I was able to make those choices 
for myself. It's nice yeah. that those experiences didn't completely delude you from wanting to still be a part of the community itself. Mm-hmm still having a good relationship yeah. with your family and like your community members. Yeah. Like. I, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's a religious community, but, uh, and you know, a lot of people might think, well, there's something inherently wrong with that. And I don't think there is, uh, it's just the way that the community conducts itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, people being able to keep their religious freedoms and being able to express themselves that way. And even forming communities around their shared beliefs, uh, they just don't, you know, try to attack me with a chainsaw for fun. <laughs> and on that note, I feel like that's a really good place to just mm-hmm. end, to wrap up the episode. Point, <laughs> <right>. Full circle. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> I'm your host, Beeps. I'm your co-host, Groot. And I'm Andy. And you don't know me. <laughs>